Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is one of our deep dives. We're going to deep dive into the actual titles of the Skywalker saga. We're calling this episode Attack of the titles, which is perhaps a controversial title for our podcast even, but we'll get to that. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm getting Absog. Man, that title says it all. Why, why, how could you be upset at that title? Oh, it, <laughs> it, it should maybe be defense of the titles. We'll see how our podcast goes. Oh, there you go. But as always, 
We want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are recommending Hot Off the Press, the next High Republic book, Hot Off the Audible, listening with your ears press, uh, Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash forcecenter for your free audiobook check out out of the shadows because we'll be talking about it here soon but that's not all ken it's not all indeed we have another offer inside editions publisher of a ton of great star wars books is offering 35 percent off across their website with a special four center code to get your discount enter the coupon code fc35 or visit the website with this link inside editions.com slash discount slash fc35 this week we're recommending the inside edition book the lightsaber collection check it out with the code f C-35. And then when someone asks you, like they recently did, what's your favorite lightsaber hilt? You'll have the answer. (laughs) You can just show them a picture. (laughs) Right here. All right, Ken, let's get into this. Uh, We are going to discuss the chapter titles of the Skywalker saga. What's the power of them? How much they embrace or shy away from the adventure serial roots of Star Wars? Maybe even what our favorite ones are. How many of these titles are open to interpretation and how many are just nope that's very clearly what it is uh so to get us started on this conversation uh, i want to start with the uh the biggest title of all actually which is star wars (laughs) what do you think that overall title for the story the galaxy the ip you know we just live with it it's just true it just is but Mm -hmm. when you take a step back and think about it does it work for you Uh, what do you think about it it's the silliest thing in the world and it works for me on every level. <laughs> it's it's no different to me than Luke Skywalker. Come on, come on. Uh, it is uh, it is just it is air, right? It is everywhere. It is like you said. We grew up with it. You never question it, and I don't think you should question it. Uh, definitely not too deeply. I'm just having some fun with it. But Star Wars. I mean, there. Okay, like that's all you got. That's all you got. But it's perfect. It's perfect, Joseph. It's everything. It is wars. And what about wars? Let's ask about those wars. Nothing but Star Wars. I I really do love the title as wild and crazy as it is. Yeah, yeah. Because when you really take a step back, it it is um, it is high fantasy. It is adventure serial. You know, in, in there's a war in the stars in space space conflict (laughs) and i think as the story evolved right there's um there's such tension in the in the title that that is the name of the thing it is star wars it is uh literally conflict is built into the title and so much of the story uh really advocates for empathy for trying to understand where other people are coming from in, in an effort to avoid um violent conflict right uh so a a series where the heroes often win by finding a nonviolent solution being called Star Wars just gives it this great tension that it is there for these big uh, ideas, but it also exists as this just fun thrill ride of, of watching weird space uh, combat. And also just for the evergreen discussion of uh, is Star Wars political? Well, you really can't have a war without motivation. So I feel like the name Star Wars is also like, Yes, sorry, it's political because <laughs> yeah. people have reasons to fight wars. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and it works on, you know, I'm sure we'll say uh, pulp a lot today. I, I'm absolutely yes. sure we will. And as you talk, I'm, I'm looking across the little shelf I have in my office and just Star Wars itself. I mean, what you got, uh, what, four letters and four letters. Wow. What a great design. It's just simple. I'm looking at the the old school uh, VHS box I have on my shelf. And it's just such a compact, beautiful, beautiful logo, more than even just a title. But the next one, I have the I have the novelizations and that uh, the one that Alan Dean Foster ghost wrote uh, that the original uh, novelization of the, of the first movie it just it looks at so at home on my shelf as just this crazy dime store novel hey kid you like you like you like good stories how about a war in the stars read this <laughs> it is so just pulped to its core when you see it where it belongs on a shelf yeah yeah, it's got it's got swords, it's got space, it's got a scary guy in armor. There's a there's this uh, lady in it. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, just everything hey. about it. Yeah, uh, and, and I believe that first novel still does have like from the Adventures of Luke Skywalker, right? I think so. It's so far out of reach, and I'd have to move Funko Pops to get it. But yes, I think you're I think you're right, and and it has the the great. Uh, the prologue in it uh, about uh, old uh, Palpatine and his, uh, you know, bootlickers uh, and yes men surrounding them and, and all that kind of stuff. So in the Journal of the Will. So it, it totally feels like uh, from the pages of Luke Starkiller. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I just reached over and managed to grab my copy. And yeah, it is real big Star Wars from the adventures of Luke Skywalker. And then on the back, uh, the, the big bold text says Luke Skywalker challenged the stormtroopers of a distant galaxy on a daring mission where a force of life became the power of death. <laughs> <laughs> wow. right? the, change, change a few names and that could be on the back of many, many a, a dime store book. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah, and I also wanted to look up because um, this is a thing that that Mark Hamill has said about his original script or what he was auditioning for. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he was auditioning for the Adventures of Luke Starkiller is taken from the Journal of the Wills Saga One colon the Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Not only is that just a huge, clear, firm reminder of the you know pulp adventure serial uh, roots inspirations of Star Wars. But there's also for me this like peek into um, Lucas as an auteur making exactly what he wants to make. And if that to him is like, that's the title. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. makes sense to me. <laughs> and then, you know, all those marketing execs going, uh, no. No. <laughs> no Journal of the Wills. Star Wars. That last thing you got, Star Wars. That's good. Let's go with that. Yeah, remember the last movie you just made, American Graffiti, uh, not the tales of young young folks in Modesto. It was the adventures of Wolfman Jack. Yeah, you, know, you just see American Graffiti. Yeah. The tragedy of Bob. Yeah, it's yeah, it's <laughs> nice and straightforward. So it's it's fun to look at Star Wars just as the main title, and I think there's just kind of like the seeds of a lot of the things that we'll be talking about in the actual title, Star Wars. Absolutely. Uh, so thinking back to well, 1980, uh, do you think it's important that Empire Strikes Back was not? Star Wars 2, what would be different if it had just been called Star Wars 2? That, this is a great question, because I, I think it's tremendously important. It's tremendously important to what George was trying to do and what George has now, now got the chance to do at this point, or maybe he wasn't uh, certain of just c- the continuing adventures. Uh, and, and by this point, uh, well, actually, what, about, what, when did episode four pop in? That, that Was that the 81 date? There was the 81 re-release according to uh, my research. So, yeah. So even a little bit after, but George is really, he really knows what he wants to do. And so I think, I think that that was everything. Star Wars two, 
uh, Jaws 2, anything like that, I, I do think it would have downgraded it. It would have just uh, set up some expectations of, uh, which were already there, of just continuing the adventures. I mean, hell, it's in the, you know, trailer that Harrison Ford does. The continuing adventures of our <laughs> intrepid band of heroes. So you, you're up against that, and this is just saying, no, man, w- w- this is this is what the format is, and this is the second chapter, the second act of this bigger picture, uh, and this bigger story. And I, I think it, I think it meant everything. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it it is one of the things Star Wars gets credited for so many just shifts in entertainment, technology, storytelling, all, all sorts of stuff, how movie theaters work, everything. Uh, I think this is a big one. This is one that I, I think you and I experienced this, but maybe people uh, younger than us didn't didn't get the full brunt of it of sequel was synonymous with bad. Sequel was cheap right. ripoff of itself in order to make money. Sequel was mm-hmm. cash grab. Like sequel was a dirty word <laughs> when we were going up, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. And, and even, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, was it gremlins Two tries to completely lean into being a cash grab kind of sequel. Uh, and I know some people love that more, uh, grease too. I, you can go on and on the conversations of whether or not now you want to look back and go one's better than the other, but you're right. Growing up, it just was, it was, it had, it, it, it had that straight to VHS ring to it. Yeah, I mean, you had things like Godfather 2, uh, you know, up there as well. But in general, it did, it did pretty well. It won a few awards. Uh, but in general, you know, at that time, The Empire was this rare sequel that that was actually different because it was a continuation, you know? Mm-hmm. It was not just another adventure in the series like James Bond. I think, like, James Bond avoided a little bit of that sort of sequelitis because it wasn't, you know, 00714, okay. <laughs> you know, as the title of the film. It was just like, oh, yeah, it's another adventure. Uh, and then a lot of things like, yeah, Jaws 2, Poltergeist 2, you know, what Exorcist do, you know, Halloween, do, like, there's so many that, you know, we, we can debate them now of, you know, study them and what are their merits. But I think at the time growing up, what I heard from the adult world as a kid was those are cash grabs. And yeah. Empire Strikes Back was different because the title reflected the truth is we're not trying to do the first one again. Mm-hmm. Really seriously, it's not like, remember those thrills? We're going to remix them and repackage them so you can get them again. Like, it explicitly isn't to the point where, like, that mm-hmm. is is what is, like, so fascinating and so brave about Empire, right? That mm-hmm. it, it, that it's this, uh, that Star Wars is, is received as this, uh, ultimately, yeah, yeah, people die, a planet blows up, whatever. But it's a fun romp about good and evil and don't think about it too much. And then pretty soon it's like, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, he's, he, yeah, he just cut his hand off, but he's uh, his dad. Anyway, uh, there's a little bit more darkness. Like, the Empire is such a big swing and the title reflects it. Yeah, and, and remember, it's the continuing adventures, not the repeating adventures uh, <laughs> uh, what's going on and, and that's worked you know we, we talk about it it's almost a topic for another podcast so there's been great uh, content out there on the internet about it of just the 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 reception of, of empire in 1980 wasn't uh, you know wasn't all thumbs up across the board again exp- expectations are present in any generation of fandom but uh uh you 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 couldn't say that the movie didn't uh yeah the title didn't lie to you let's just say that no, not at all. So let's dive in. Let's dive into the actual titles. Uh, I wrestled with how to do this, but I'm going to go in release order since we, uh, you know, experienced that mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. Uh, and also it is the evolutions of the titles, you know, make more sense. Uh, you are commenting back and forth if you, you go in release order. So uh, we start with Star Wars and then later Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, uh, April 1981 re-release. So 
Empire comes out and it is, you know, it's episode five and uh, people are like, what the hell? <laughs> but then the three release uh, Star Wars is, uh, you know, it, it's clear that this is the middle chapter and it's got this new name of A New Hope. And to this day, you got to be careful uh, when you're talking about it or someone will, will remind you that, it, you know, it wasn't always A New Hope. We know. And we're going to discuss. Uh, Ken, we've already talked about Star Wars is a title of this film and also a title of the entire idea but for you what is the meaning of a new hope what do you get out of that well just in terms of uh in terms of story i think you know it's all pretty simple what it what it means and and uh whether it be luke leia or just a a, a new hope uh, emerging from the the darkness uh any way you slice it the, the the title really works and i think it's the better title uh and and i grew up I, again i'm staring across at my vhs set right now that says star wars empire strikes back to return of the jedi on it I, I absolutely think it's it's go with me here i actually think it's it's like my favorite title of any star wars movie a new hope a new hope i actually wow. yeah i really think it is uh and thinking about this going into this conversation today uh and and, and it just means it just it's kind of the point of the whole series hope hope's pretty powerful you know yeah we got all these things redemption and the choices and light and the dark and 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 how you 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 work towards um maybe the light but you you, you need hope and and uh it, it sounds like a, a bumper sticker uh, therapy here but I, I really think it has that meaning for me yeah i uh, no, i really really like that i really like uh focusing on it that even in the darkest time uh that there can be hope right um, I think literally, I think it has, to me, it's been about Luke. It's been about commenting on the dialogue of, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. And like the, the title itself going, understand why you think that Leia, but actually, <laughs> uh, you know, I think it has been Luke, but I also retroactively really feel like it is Leia for my own interpretation. You know, mm-hmm. they're both uh, the new hopes, not only because of the, uh, Skywalker blood and the, the, you know, the force powers and all that, but Leia is really the holder of hope, right? And, and the person who actually knows what's going on and moves everything forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's about Luke, it's about Leia, but I think in this much bigger way, like you're talking about, it's, it's the new generation, you know? Yeah. It's about this importance of moving on and moving forward, you know, this idea that it's understandable why Leia says that in her famous message, but Obi-Wan is not the only hope he's he's the old hope (laughs) and it's it's time for uh you know the next generation to to come into their own Mm. and i think even though the the title was applied later it does have this like kind of great rhythm with some of lucas's stated intentions of a lot of films in that era were dark they were they they were grappling with the gritty realities of the time and he wanted something that was inspiring and to give people a sense of adventure and fun, but also hope. So I think it's got this great meta quality to it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I, again, I really do believe it might be my favorite title in star Wars, but uh, you know, that wouldn't have worked in 77. I don't think it was as many butts would have been in the seats. Uh, that's just the nature of it. Yeah. It would have sounded like, you know, some sort of pamphlet uh, for, you know, yeah. Some <laughs> yeah. alternative ideas. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it is one of the calmest titles, I would argue. Do you think it would have been different if it was a title that marketing depended on? I'm so fascinated by this that Lucas got to add this later and it was not, it didn't have to affect butts and seats the way every other title has. 
I think it would have been called a new hero. <laughs> Holding out for a Luke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holding out for a Luke. <laughs> Holding out for a hero. Yeah. I think it would have been uh, somewhere in space. A new hero is forming or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I just really like that. It, you you kind of have to know it is exactly what Luke has thought it should be. I, I think maybe that's why it, it resonates with you of you, you sensing like, yeah, this is, this is the, the, the title of, you know, the essay <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, of the Skywalker saga and maybe of, maybe of the whole star Wars storytelling ultimately. Yeah. And it was, there was no, no pressure on it, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No pressure on that title. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's so much, it's so much fun to think about like if it couldn't have been star Wars for whatever reason, or it had to be star Wars colon something else. And you know, what would have the marketing title been, you know, curse of the death star, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a saber claimed, you know, who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Well, that's Holding not up for Luke. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we're going to move on then. Any other thoughts on A New Hope? No, it, it's a new, yeah, again, it's fascinating too, just the, the choice of Star Wars. Because again, remember, Star Trek is out there this time too. It all it all worked out as it should have. Yes. Yes. I, I think, you know, there is, a, uh, that is a really a good thing, uh, I think, to remember and is sort of, uh, implied in our conversation here but it's great that you make it explicit there can be some kvetching in modern times about what star wars is doing to pander cash grab or make money and just that reminder of like star wars has always needed to make money <laughs> or it couldn't exist in some of these choices you know uh, it's interesting to see how they're impacted or not by that yeah absolutely so moving on to Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Ken, is there any room for interpretation on this one, or is it just that literally in the film, The Empire Strikes Back? I I think it's pretty clear, especially to a film going audience that is like, well, wait a minute, their big space station blew up, uh, but that Darth Vader guy got away. So yes, that is <laughs> what what a title. Uh, I think it's I think it's a little weird and awkward too. Uh, I, I wasn't though I, I was alive when when this was out and about and getting made. You know, I I clearly obviously have no memory of a, a bunch of podcasts bringing up and going, "What is this title? <laughs> it's like a fifty sci fi film." Um, but I could see that I could I could understand if those conversations mm -hmm. were being had. Uh, it, it's it's you know you go from Star Wars to The Empire Strikes Back, and then you're like, "Well, this spoil the ending? Like, what do you got going on here?" <laughs> um, but it does uh, it does it's pretty clear. Yeah, no, I, I think it is a, it is very literal. It tells you literally what's going to happen in the film. I think if you want to, there's room to to take like the idea of well, what does the Empire stand for? Because this is this is literally yeah, no, like Piet, Veers, Vader, they strike things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you think of the Empire in the way that you know Maz Kanata describes it, of it's it's the same enemy with the the different name, right? There right. is room for me to interpret it as you know the dark side, literally the dark side of the Force, but the dark side that we all struggle with, right? Because it isn't just the empire that's, that strikes. It is doubt and fear and pain that, that hit our heroes, you know, on like a deep emotional level as well. So I think it works very in the very clear cut. Yes. The, the empire literally strikes, but all these things, the dark side represents are, are affecting our heroes. It is the dark middle chapter. Yeah. And, and I, and I kind of feel so that's uh, the empire strikes back is, is, you know, if it's, like the beginning of the movie, <laughs> you know, they struck back. Cool. Now we move on. Yeah. <laughs> so it continues. The empire won't leave them the bleep alone. Yeah. yeah. So uh, for you, what, what are your feelings? 
you, you shared some thoughts on the title, but I want to know like your feelings. Is it one of the best? Does it resonate with you? Where does it kind of land? I think it, it it's it's a great title in terms of just a template for what you can do, which is interesting because when we get to Attack of the Clones, we will if, discuss the how people questioned about what you can or cannot do with these titles. Uh, not to tip our conversation too much there, but it is I, I it's a wonderful title. It stands up, but you know what do we we call it? We all call it Empire. We all one more conversation. Oh, I, you know, Empire is my favorite movie. We don't say The Empire Strikes Back is my favorite movie often. You know, sometimes maybe you will. So uh, already it's a weird kind of dance for me. Of uh, it's it's long, it's big, it's bulky, it's it's got a <laughs> you know it's it's not perfect, but it, it, it's also perfect for what George was trying to do. So therefore, it stands the test of time. Yeah, I, I think for me, partially because I have such attachment to this film, uh, mm-hmm. but. There, and this great importance that you said of like, it's the first one that's got kind of a subtitle that ends up being like the title uh, for the way that people talk about it or the shortened to Empire or Jedi for Return of the Jedi back in the day. And now I feel like people just use initials, right? It's TFA or TLJ, you know? <laughs> it's just funny because I can't do that on the fly all the time. Sometimes I'm like, Return of the <laughs> Sith Jedi, Jedi to J. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The evolutions over time of how we shorten things. But Empire Strikes Back, I think, for me, is one of my my very favorites. I think there are a couple important things about it. Uh, it's active, right? It's got an active present tense verb. So it sounds exciting. A New Hope does sound like, you know, open up your book to this essay, you know? Oh. And Empire Strikes Back sounds like, some stuff's going to explode, kids, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. So it really gets across that that sense of action and adventure. It's this great balance between the pulpy adventure serial roots that, that went too far for some people in some titles. Mm-hmm. This one, it you know, it's comic booky to the point that, you know, Star Wars comics had Empire Strikes on them and didn't realize that they had <laughs> stepped right. on the title back in the day, you know? So it, it is that, a pulpy adventure serial, but it's clearly a little bit more mainstream because it's not using some of the the big uh, uh, pulpy words that that will upset people like curse and doom, <laughs> right? Oh. Uh, you know, and baptism of fire, you know, and, and some of the more hyperbolic stuff that yeah. people don't like. So it it gets that flavor, but it doesn't cross, <laughs> yeah, the curse doom. <laughs> threshold you know yeah the curse of the empire returns would have been uh, there you go that's a big yeah one. yeah no I yeah. Think you're right no i think you're right it's pretty straightforward uh even when i call it awkward and everything it, it's it's wonderful but because I, I think i think you're right it is it is just so straightforward that it's 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 uh it's easier to accept yeah i also think just like if you were showing a kid the the films in release order and you're like okay the first one is called star wars new hope and it, i'm not even going to tell you what the second one is called if that was possible and and a kid watched star wars new hope and it's got the great ending with the medal ceremony. And then you could blow the kid's mind by saying, and the next one is called The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> and it wow. could be like, oh, no, what's going to happen to my friends? Right. It's got some fear in it. But there was a happy ending. They were all <laughs> and getting medals. Nope. <laughs> Uh, all right. So how do you think uh, people felt when they went to the theater and it was labeled episode five before Star Wars was labeled episode four? Well, you know, having not experienced that in the theater, but I can tell you by kind of first noticing that kind of on my own, like, yeah, I think every generation we kind of discover some of this stuff on their own without a magazine or book or, you know, internet telling you, I just remember being blown away. Cause I remember I had the novelization in my back pocket 
and you know taken from the journal of the wills and i and i've told the story before but i was convinced there was an actual star wars book out there and i'd scour used bookstores for it so to learn to episode five and i've only seen one prior what like and only one after like it was the coolest thing in the world for me at that time yeah yeah i think just delightful confusion you know is like that that means something with where the story is is you know positioned within the grander story and is there more can i secretly find them in the bookstore <laughs> you know yeah. whereas now if something you know uh, was was released like that you know with sudden uh, numbering that recontextualized it there'd just be 800 think pieces of what does it mean what does it mean what does it mean yeah and i gotta imagine if you're sitting in the theater in 1980 and that pops up your, your mind's probably blown too yeah, delightfully blown minds. Uh, moving on to uh, Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Ken, how do you interpret this title? I I interpret it as uh, is uh, generations uh, uh, a journey, so to speak, of the Jedi returning, and that line with Luke, and and there's so many meanings related to his own personal journey and his father and everything. But you know, we we are introduced to this franchise with, with some old Herman in a desert saying, they're, "Yeah, I used to be one. They're, they're gone. They're not here." And, and the galaxy uh, needs that new hope. And and to and to see that on screen, uh, Return of the Jedi. Yes, you could just look at at Luke. I just think it. I've always taken it as as meaning even more than that. That the the not necessarily the order itself in terms of uh, robes, training centers, and paperwork, but just the spiritual <laughs> center. Uh, returning after uh, years of darkness. That, that, that always had some resonance to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely for me. I agree with you. I, I think I think of Luke primarily, but I also really do think it is uh, about Anakin and that it can be extended mm -hmm. to that because it is his literal, you know, returning yeah. to the light side. That's fair. Uh, in that moment. And to get to your, all the great stuff you're saying about the bigger philosophy of it, you know, I don't think it's explicit in the film. It's, it, it is looking at the film as a chapter in this whole ongoing saga, but you know, Yoda and Obi-Wan uh, appearing shimmering next to Anakin and in smiling at Luke and in Luke is the practical Jedi who has returned to like, look, you got your robes, you got your lightsaber, you got your head on straight. Great. The Jedi are back. We, we told you to go train some other ones, pass on what you have learned. You know, you are the seed of the future. There's all that practical stuff. But just Yoda and Obi-Wan, like, literally returning to go, like, mea culpa, you were right, <laughs> Luke. <laughs> I mean, that, that is me, you know, inserting my my perspective into that shot. Uh, but but I do have, like, the Jedi philosophy has returned. That yes, that Luke restored the philosophy of the Jedi. Not only did he learn the ways and, and succeed and help save the galaxy and help save his father, but in this idea that, you know, it is possible to come back from the dark side. It is possible to make it a uh, attachment of strength in the fact that Yobi, Yoda and Obi-Wan, Yobi, Yoda and Obi-Wan appear, you know, yeah. are a little bit of like, yeah, yeah, good, good job, Luke. <laughs> yeah. And uh, don't, Hey, don't tell, uh, don't tell Anakin here what we had said about him. Okay. <laughs> between you and i uh, yeah but it's also why too like especially as the story continued whether it be the zon books or otherwise uh the kevin j anderson jedi academy series you get right to it of just i had that sense of yeah the jedi are back and luke's in position and he needs to rebuild it and that, that just kind of naturally flew out of that title for me and that, and that ending yeah absolutely so uh infamously the film was almost called revenge of the jedi how would you have felt if it was called revenge of the jedi would have loved it i would ever would have questioned it and i would have just gone years going yeah why right i mean the jedi got wrong man 
I do remember early on, that's one of those first little, uh, particularly uh, kind of talking about the, the 1980s. We try to talk across all generations, but uh, going back to 84, 85, you got some maybe, maybe some magazines, some Star Wars Insider or, or a Bantha Tracks or whatever. When you first hear that, and you, you might even see the posters, or you might remember it in the marketing, I, I, that was the first kind of ever thing I experienced in Star Wars where I went, oh, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. George said that that's not what Jedi do. They don't seek revenge. I hadn't thought about that, which also now, especially in 2017, we, we often wondered, did you actually watch Return of the Jedi when some of those people were getting mad at that movie? <laughs> did you actually see Luke throw out his lightsaber? Uh, I, you know, it's just it was the first example of that for me at a very young age. Yeah, yeah. I have very foggy, uh, dreamlike memories mm -hmm. of of seeing, in particular, uh, action figures, you know, still on the racks, but now they had the sticker for send away for this advance action figure from the next movie, Revenge of the Jedi. Yes. And I'm sure it was my brother because he was three years older. Um, I'm, I'm sure some of my memory is, is talking through it with him. But I remember going like, oh, that's so cool. But wait. That doesn't yeah. sound like what Yoda talks about in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't literally say, like, we, we Jedi don't do revenge. But, you know, uh, I've talked many times about how, how much y Yoda's... Uh, I felt lectured by Yoda of, like, yeah, I, I want adventure and excitement. But I know I'm, I know I'm supposed to, you know, use the Force wisely. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I'm supposed to never attack, you know. I mean, uh, only, yeah. only knowledge and defense. And like, I remember I have foggy memories and, and maybe it is that kind of memory thing where I'm backfilling, but yeah. I, I remember going, that's so cool. Is that right? That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, I, I remember maybe certain seeing it in Sears catalog. Uh, I used to stare at those wish books all day, but <laughs> you, you touched on something too. Uh, maybe another conversation for another time. I remember hearing Yoda say wars, not make one great. And me kind of being like, nah, don't you watch GI Joe? Like, don't you watch? Like, I know what Luke does. He's great. Like, stand yeah. off, green guy. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you know the title of what you're in? Yeah. Yeah. You were in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk down stars as well, Yoda? Just go after the whole title? <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think the other thing about it for me is it's such a cool story. So, you know, on like A New Hope, which was just like, I'm slapping this subtitle on my film that is so popular it's being re-released again, you know? <laughs> that's It's not a marketing risk. But the the Revenge of the Jedi Machine is already running, and, and Lucas goes, nah, no. I, I know it's, you know, I know revenge is one of probably the most popular words for 80s cinema, like, <laughs> right? There's such a dark strain of, like, they took his child, they took his wallet, they took it, revenge, you know, like, it. that's... That was a part of macho storytelling, yeah. vengeance, right? Yeah. So that's a that's a that puts butts in seats, you know. Yeah. And for him to go like, yeah, but actually, my Jedi uh, really love peace, <laughs> so they're only going to return. Don't care. Yeah. Like that's one of those things that like Lucas is, is is wears flannel and is made of steel, you know. Well said, Force Center. Well said on that. And I know, you know, again, we we know these behind the scenes stories so well. Sometimes I, I just admit I, the, the the details escape me. But didn't he started out with Return, goes to Revenge, and then goes back to Return? Right? Is that something I'm kind of remembering right? 
I think so. I will be perfectly honest. I have not done, yeah. done the deep dive for this episode to to utterly review. Yeah, and the details, man. And, and wait, you know, Lawrence Kasdan will tell you over a plate of tri tip. Uh, it's fine. But like, uh, I, I seem I seem to recall something like that, which which I, I like that version, even though I'm kind of half making it up of just George knowing trying to figure something out and then going, no, I I know, I know my story. I know what we're trying to put out there and, and just make, cause it, it's, he makes that switch back to revenge. Like, like you said, late in the game, it's late in the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Late in the game enough that, that people know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but so wonderful because it is, it, I think it, I think revenge would have done actual damage to the saga ultimately. Yeah. Right. It's it, it it's it's against it's against the very movie that it was the title of. Yeah, I mean, like I I have fun with like there's tension in Star Wars because you know, but but this is different because it's literally the Jedi and it's literally about how Luke does not get revenge, right? Yeah. So you you would have had to kind of wrestle with it as uh, the title is a cautionary tale of what not to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 So utterly fascinating stuff. Absolutely uh, uh, love it, uh, and, and I like anything that says the, the the you can you know find merch that still says Revenge of the Jedi. And boy, oh. is that great! Yeah, I have uh, I have a stack of patches actually that our friend Van William gave me. Yes, that's what I was trying to remember. Yes, yes, that's yeah. so great. That's so great. I'm glad the title wasn't that, but it's so cool that it almost was. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and with that, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into the rest of the films of the Skywalker saga. Force Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Force Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 <laughs> If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And we are back to continue a continuation of our discussion of the titles of the Skywalker saga. We talked about the original trilogy. We are now going to dive into the prequel trilogy, which, of course, begins with Star Wars. Episode one, The Phantom Menace. Ken, how do you interpret The Phantom Menace? I think you got a strong uh, take on this one. Uh, Yes, you know. New Hope, uh, by the way, my favorite title. Nah, maybe The Phantom Menace is my favorite title. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, to me, I look, it's, I always go to Palpatine and the, he, he being kind of the Phantom Menace of it all. And I do think, believe that's there, but without a doubt, how could you not factor in the idea that George has some thoughts on how organizations and even people are taken down and how it is often an unseen enemy and unseen evil, even if that evil's inside of you. I, I can't help but think that has a lot to do with the title, even though I, I do believe it, it's a lot around Sidious and, and Palpatine. Yeah, yeah, no, that this is great. Yeah, because you have often said that um, that for you it's Palpatine. It's not Vader. It's it's really Palpatine. So I was curious if you if you felt strongly that yep, Palpatine. But I love this idea that you know you mentioned that intro to the novelization. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that the intro to that novelization has that 
that big idea that Lucas never lets go of that uh, societies just get destroyed from the inside. So this idea of that Star Wars episode one, you are the Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. If yeah, you're yeah. not careful, you could be the Phantom Menace. Yeah. And, and to be clear, I, I, I will absolutely lean in uh, into Palpatine being the Phantom Menace of it all. I, I even all the way up to, to nine. And I think that tracks and it's something to believe. And, it, and, you know, as you and I always talk, we, we oddly enough, Palpatine is one of our favorite characters, despite being the evil at the center of it all. Cause he's just, Ian McDermott makes it so delicious, but, uh, uh, so I'll say that title's it, but but I, it's very hard, especially with the looking back at the prequels is not only we do, but everyone does and, and connects to George's themes. I mean, that's what he was saying. That's what he was telling us. It just personified by this uh, old dude in a black robe. Yeah, yeah, that he is the, the face of this, um, you know, mystical uh, evil uh, and also the political ramifications that can uh, let that evil loose on people, uh, force them to give them into their fear and all that. So, yeah, I love I love the Phantom Menace uh, as being about Palpatine. I think that poster, that great poster of Anakin with the shadow of Vader. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that led a lot of people to feel like the Phantom Menace is Vader because that's almost what like that poster looks like it's saying, right? Uh, 100%. No, I, I could absolutely get behind that argument and under, understand why some people might interpret it that way other than that just being the best damn Star Wars poster ever. Yeah, yeah. But I think for myself, I, I do think of of Palpatine. I almost think like, did, did Palpatine get to name this one? Because <laughs> like he's proud of being in the shadows and pulling the strings and getting people to, you know, make bad choices themselves, you know, as well as actively going out there and, and doing violent things, uh, cruel things. Um, but I, I also just I, I like it is this feeling of the dark side in general again that it you know i love that kenobi has that line very very early on of something elsewhere elusive right that really it's almost just like think the galaxy is moving in the wrong wrong direction things aren't right it isn't one thing it's it's everything's moving in in the wrong direction and i can't put my finger on it you know like that that's connects to the idea of phantom you know well, yeah, yeah, you got you got Qui Gon and Obi Wan in the beginning. You know, there's something there's something going on here, and we're like, oh yeah, this is the story. We we know we probably got Palpatine and Vader and all these things, and and, and it's really a trade dispute that's starting all these problems. <laughs> that Palpatine's like, huh, pieces in place. So it's like the Phantom Menace is right from the beginning. It's winning. Yeah, and I love that Qui Gon is, is is kind of pompous at the beginning of like, yeah, yeah, no, they're they're cowards. They're fold really easy. What yeah. the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. doesn't understand why this is working the way it is because it's the Phantom Menace. Yeah, and then I think the original uh, trilogy and the prequel trilogy really do speak to one another. And like the you you spoke so eloquently about the just the kind of the the brightness and the in the wonder of a new hope. And like, well, if that if hope is really you know the one pillar, then the other side we have this like fear right phantom menace even speaks to like this i that's a great way to say fear right i mean uh anakin's fear of what might happen to padme not for sure what is going to happen but what Mm -hmm. might that's a fear of a phantom menace it might be but it isn't and he gives into that fear of what might be you know yeah no no i think you're absolutely right to to, to tie it to fears is this wonderful connection to me and then again again we here we are we're especially for us in 1999 Oh, the story of Darth Vader. How's he going to fall? He's going to fall because of his attachment to his mommy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> the fear of it. And it's like, we're like, no, no, he's, he's going to kill me. It, like, no, it's all, it's all there. It's a, ta- it's a tax 
dispute. It's a trade trade dispute, and, and it's a fear inside this young boy who just wants his wants to love his mother, and it does love his mother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so sad. Um, so did you like this when you first heard it in 1999, or was this for you the beginning of that's too, uh, you know, sci-fi pulp book? Hated it. Uh, I think I did. <laughs> did Actually, you really? I don't remember that as much as I as I do the next one, but uh, I remember not being super thrilled with it because it doesn't nest at the time. I wouldn't say it necessarily rolls off the tongue where even the empire strikes back. Just kind of, it just flows. The empire strikes back Uh return of the Jedi, the phantom menace just didn't sound as powerful as, as the thought of being because it was working. It was lurking inside my soul. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, I, I might've, I could, there's probably one or two, that title sucks conversations I had in 1999. It, it did go away quickly by uh, even, even at the time by my seventh or eighth viewing, I was very clued in as some of the politics of, uh, of it and, and Palpatine and, 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 and did like it by then. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't ever remember disliking it because uh, I have always been on this train of actively wanting and still do. I want the adventure serial embraced. Uh, I liked it. This had a, a strain of that, that made me, uh, really happy back in the day. I think I did have some friends who didn't like it. Uh, I, and I really like it in retrospect because uh, I've made this joke that the Rise of Skywalker could have been called the blatant menace mm -hmm. <laughs> if you really interpret Palpatine that way. But it is this evolution of I'm going to hide in the shadows and I'm going to you know, get you to give in to your own fear, everyone from Anakin to the Jedi to the people of the galaxy. And by the time we get to Rise of Skywalker, that is stripped away. And he's like, remember me? I'm going to kill you all yeah. <laughs> bow down yeah. i sent out a message bow down to the queen of refuse uh i i that that you know i admittedly there's you and i've talked about some of the lines of dialogue around uh palpatine's return early on arise skywalker with poe and somehow palpatine returned i you know you could have gone one step further and it i it, and had a character been like just cl clinching his fist going I hate the phantom menace like <laughs> it would have connected for me <laughs> yeah final question i wanted to i forgot to write this down but i wanted to ask you about it uh to my recollection i don't feel like people said phantom menace that much in 99 everybody was talking about episode one correct no correct. How, how do you feel about that do you do you think that the the title phantom menace didn't get as much attention why do you think people really obsessed on the chapter title it i it i mean it was the marketing right it was and it was so Again, so weird going back to some of our early conversations and even some of our early memories as, as fans. And I would even love to hear from Star Wars fans who are a little older than us, too, who, who you know, might have been in high school in 77 or something where the episodes don't really factor in. And even after the reveal and even after my mind is blown as a, a seven, eight year old going, well, there's this is chapter five of how many? And did you hear George wrote nine? Starlog magazine said it. Like all that <laughs> stuff. After that, this I, I don't remember in high school being fascinated with the episodes other than we thought maybe there was other movies out there. So when the marketing starts in and it's like episode one and the focus was suddenly on the chapters, it was a little change of pace for me. And I think that took the lead. It seemed to be kind of fun. It's like we were finally getting those answers. Yeah, yeah, it's called The Phantom Menace. I don't know. We'll see. That's maybe not my favorite. We'll figure it out. But episode one, we are going to the beginning. And that was the focus of the marketing, especially early on, maybe up until where the figures and the soundtrack came out. Um, so, yeah, I don't think you're wrong at all. I, I, I still I still in conversations hear episode one heard maybe just as much as the Phantom Menace or TPM. 
Yeah, I think it, I think it was a you know a real marketing choice. Like uh, I'm looking over at uh, my Darth Sidious figure, you know, and it says Episode One, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think it really was a like every saga has a beginning. Like I feel like marketing or maybe creatively, that's what that was where the focus was supposed to be. And the Phantom Menace was sort of like it, that's that's got meaning. Yeah, that that's about the the story. But marketing wise, what we want you to know is it's the first one. It's where it all begins. Yeah, I, you know that that term SEO. Um, it's uh, it, it's it could be the bane of your existence if you're trying to make a living on uh, YouTube or work for a YouTube company. Uh, but it, it works. The stuff works when you really track some of this stuff down. And I got to imagine 1999, they weren't using that term SEO, but they were looking at uh, marketing research and probably phone calls and going, people aren't reacting to the Phantom Menace. <laughs> Definitely reacting to Star Wars Episode One, And that just makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But I feel like it's shifted. I feel like that's not the conversation now with, you know, I agree. current current fan base. Totally. All right, Ken, let's get to the Ronto in the room. <laughs> Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Uh, perhaps the most controversial title. Do you think it fits the film, or do you think it's inaccurate that clones do the attacking? I, I remember at an early Jedi Alliance episode, I brought this up, not with a lot of thought, just a lot of like, hey, it's 2014, we're having fun talking about Star Wars on the internet. That's We're all in on the joke, right? And I remember getting some real serious uh, comments back uh, and early tweets about Attack of Clones. I, I, I think um, by far, I think by far next to maybe the Rise of Skywalker. I, I believe that one has some controversy just around the title itself. But uh, yes, that's true. That's true. yeah. But I think Attack of Clones. Yeah, I think it is the number one. Like what? And I and I'm kind of there for it now. A uh, AOTC. See, I even had to pause right there. AOTC. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it works. Uh, and, and yeah, I think you could have fun, keyword fun, debating what the clones actually do at the end. Defend, rescue, uh, return. I don't know. Emerge. <laughs> Revengeinate. Yeah. Uh, yes. Thank you for pointing out that, yes, The Rise of Skywalker is also controversial. I don't want to start controversy by claiming the most controversial title and being wrong. Everybody is, yeah. is absolutely uh, can have their own most controversial title. But I, w- uh, I will I will contend that, that Attack of the Clones is number one in terms of uh, what? Yeah, I think the um, we'll, we'll talk about both factors of it. The um, is it accurate question and then the that's way too adventurous here, way too pulpy for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. So let, let, I, I, let, let me share my thoughts and see what you think. Okay. I think that the, in terms of that first question is, does the title make sense? I'm a big yes. Uh, I think that is, in fact, you know, the point. Like, I get that you could argue, no, the the Jedi got lured into this trap and and they're going to be slaughtered and this senator is going to be killed and Yoda swoops in with the clones and they save everybody. But I think that's the point, that they are tricked into attacking by Palpatine and Dooku. I think it is, I think that first battle of Geonosis is a microcosm of the larger successful trap of the Clone Wars, that the Jedi can just convince themselves that what we're doing is actually defense. But then by the end of the war, you realize, well, we were technically fighting over nothing. Um, not that there weren't some legitimate uh, uh, concerns about the Republic, but you know, if the, the Padmes and the Bales of the world had their way, they would have been able to sit down and discuss them in a functioning government, and Palpatine made sure that was impossible, and then ginned up fear on, on both sides and made this war happen and the war doesn't happen unless he tricks people into voting for the the clone army which is really 
you know, when you follow the film, that's like one of the highest things that is, that, that's the actual motivating factor. That's why Padme's coming back at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He tricks the people via Jar Jar <laughs> into going along with the army and Yoda and Mace are like, well, we, we don't want to do a power grab. We go along with the Senate. So yeah. we'll go check these out. And yeah, it seems like a malignant force led by, you know, a fallen Jedi Dooku is attacking we need to defend and only then later do they realize no they're attacking if only the jedi knew the difference between knowledge and <laughs> wisdom uh the core of that film i i apps big giant force center well said and i think it and especially i've had a couple times some maybe friends i haven't seen in a while um who maybe knew me and around me were around me more in 2002 and be like, I, I, I've always known you've been a Star Wars fan, but I, I, do, I, do I hear? Is it true? Rumors tell me that you like the prequels? Because don't you remember? We all grew up and, and then we all became working adults in the entertainment industry. We all had pizza rolls and hated that movie, right? We all hate that, right? We're on the same page. And I'm like, no, no. And and I don't like pizza rolls anymore. And the 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 Lucas almost outthought himself. to, to It's a little bit of a detriment, right? Everything you're talking about is is the story. Is 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 what Lucas was trying to set, set up. The 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 clones are attacking because the Phantom Menace made him do it. And I'm just building on all this, and I'm telling this great story. These institutions falling from within, and 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 here here I am, or, or some people in a certain era just going, well, you know, the clones technically didn't attack, and it's like, yeah, 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 you're, you're missing everything below that, everything that's is there for George. And there's some things to get held up on and three PO and truly deeply love me and sand. Yep. Yep. Sand's irritating. It does get everywhere. Make those jokes, make those sound bites. Yay. You're missing it all. And George didn't care. He's got that flannel on. He's, he's, he's got the, 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 the soul of steel going uh, and he's going to a museum in his jean shorts again. But I, I, I really think you're, you're talking about what is the core of the success of the prequels is what is truly there. If you look beyond the surface and yeah. rant and rant, sorry, was that a rant? I just, I don't know if it qualifies. No, it well, well said or well ranted, whichever one you want it to be. I, mm-hmm. I really agree with you. Um, I, and I get why people, you know, would question it and eh, fair enough. The, the, the clones didn't make that decision. Uh, Yoda did. So I guess you could call it attack of Yoda, <laughs> which would have maybe tipped. Tip the hand. But yeah, I, I just really love the spirit of it is uh, it's got this rhythm with Empire Strikes Back. It is active. It, it is, you know, present. It's big action uh, in the title. And it really uh, evokes like, yes, what happens in this movie is a failure. It is a mistake, you know, and, and, it, and it works in exactly the same way that, you know, Revenge of the Jedi being uh, Return of the Jedi instead works. Uh, philosophically all right so this one really bothered people for the whole adventure serial thing right um Mm -hmm. how much did it bother you back in the day and and how are you coping these days (laughs) it bothered me man it bothered me we're coming out of the phantom menace remember i went through this period of saw phantom menace eight times in the theater was more i i always say like i i was more into what the movie was actually doing and then i backed off of it it's one of my regrets of my fandom. I backed off of it. I was clued in. I was. I remember telling my uncle, uh, my now late uncle on Eagle Rock, like this movie is talking about this and it's his politics. And and I just remember getting afraid and backing off uh, and going, yeah, but Jar Jar sucks. Uh, and so Tactical Clone comes out. Holy crap, that was a challenge for me, man. I, I, you know, and why? I, now I know. And now I look back and 
um, you know, I, I feel slightly foolish, but it's like, look at the attack of the 50 foot woman. It's like, yeah, you idiot. It's also, it's got a 1950s <laughs> diner in it. George has his influences. George has his likes. George wants to play around with genres and tell these stories. Did you not see Empire Strikes Back? Did you not see <laughs> or the Jedi? You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just one of those things. Yeah. Uh, no, I totally understand, and I totally agree. I always loved this one. This was so great, because I, I think uh, maybe a part of it for me with the whole Adventure Serial Pulp thing is, you know, that's just always what I gravitated to as a kid. Everything in this genre of um, comic books and science fiction and fantasy, uh, and just I, I liked things that were, like, weird and different and exciting and were really loud about it, you know? Mm. Um, and, and even kind of in my growing up, experience you know i went to college uh, but got an art degree within college and there was a lot of tension there about you know about high highbrow versus lowbrow right there's an artist and then there's an illustrator and if i did a painting that used too many hard lines the way like mm. that you see in comic books instead of only shapes and colors that's not really art that's illustrating mm-hmm. and i think i grew up with so much of that tension between these to me sort of unnatural divisions between what is highbrow and what is lowbrow that I always had this sort of knee jerk, like, no, there's, there's, there's art. Yes. I understand that culturally Mm -hmm. attack of the clones sounds like this cheap bargain bin basement, you know, knockoff VHS, (laughs) you know, absolutely. I get that. That sounds like that to the culture, but that is really judging a book by its cover. That doesn't mean it doesn't have value, you know? Oh, 100%. And that it isn't cool by itself, right? Um, and then I think the other element to it, too, of uh, I definitely wouldn't have been able to articulate this in 2002. But there's always this dance of Star Wars of it has so many elements. And at different points in our life as fans, we we really get attached to specific elements. And then sometimes we can just kind of say that the other element isn't there. Like, mm. even if you're not in a place to be enjoying the silly humor it's always there, you know, it's a part of star Wars. You know, if you're just kind of not into racing, it's always going to pop up in star Wars. Racing's a thing. Like you could, you could racing want to make sure I'm saying that clearly um, that you, you could go down this whole list of like, even if you're not into it right now, which is fine. It is still an essential part of star Wars. And I think attack of the clones is one of those just visceral pulp, adventure serials flash gordon conquers the universe the literal title of one of the serials mm-hmm. that's a huge part of what star wars is and let's not deny it uh yeah especially if you go around at parties and going you know uh do you know george lucas uh he uh, tried to make a flash gordon uh he liked the <laughs> movies what do you think about tech thoughts oh god that's a horrible title you're not allowed to do that i just don't <laughs> think you're allowed to do it yeah it doesn't have yeah. to be your favorite title but you're not allowed to do that i just right you can you can dislike it absolutely absolutely but i think just kind of historically you know yeah. it, it is a part of what star wars is um I, I, or or what star wars started out is maybe it'll evolve away from it and that and i will accept that but it is definitely a part of how star wars started and for me i think it just it fits it fits attack the clones the title fits the movie because i think that movie leans hard into lots of different genres, right? It's a mm-hmm. urban noir detective. There's a gladiator arena. There's big sweeping romance. It's a war movie, right? Even down to like absolutely 50s sci-fi looking Camino and Caminoans, right? It's it's all in on those references. So it, the title matching that vibe is one of the things that, that even though I have probably the most sort of like 
criticisms of Attack of the Clones. It's often the one I just want to watch. It's uh, so interesting you say that, too, of just like we, we've talked about with Dexter's Diner. We did the scene by scene and literally having a 1950s diner inside of this 1950s kind of movie. And that's the one where George was like, uh, aliens, like, what do you mean? Make them no, like make them like they're flying saucer aliens and they're <laughs> do, and they're making clones. Like this is one who was just like, let's do it. Yeah, let's go all in. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on Attack of the Clones before we move on? I, I joked in our emails, as long as I can have half hour on this topic, I don't want it to be a half hour today. But it's <laughs> it's fun. And look, fun way to look back. I, I'm no hero for changing my opinion from then to now and, and growing and maturing. It, I think it's what we all should strive to be as Star Wars fans. But it is fun. I do love looking back at the 2002 specifically and me just going, what the bleep? <laughs> It it is understandable, and uh, and it's, I still say what the beep, but in an excited way. <laughs> uh, moving on to Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Is there any room for interpretation here, Ken? How do you interpret Revenge of the Sith? I, I consider it uh, pretty direct, especially with uh, the Phantom Menace leading this uh, this trilogy off, and and. Uh, We've got a thousand, couple thousand years, right, of the Sith waiting, Sith thing, waiting to get the revenge, as Darth Maul reminded us in uh, Episode One. So, I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty direct as well for me. Yeah, I think this one is what it says on the tin. Like we, we know what the Sith mean. Uh, we know uh, what they want. We know that they are succeeding, and uh, we know that they do want revenge, and they mm-hmm. get it in this film. So, yeah, yes. I, I think this one is delightfully uh, uh, free of. Uh, huge interpretation the sith get revenge how did you feel about this one when it was announced you know and uh were you excited by that the history of it and mm-hmm. have your feelings changed over the years uh i i, I probably love it even more but i did love it because number one it, it provided me an opportunity in 2005 to to say did you uh did you know george lucas originally named uh <laughs> return of the jedi revenge of the jedi what because uh, even then, a lot of Star Wars fans hadn't been plugged into that, or the casual fans around me that I worked with. Uh, so it, l- it allowed me to sound smart, uh, which is rare. Uh, but no, I loved it then. It was exciting. It was thrilling. Uh, a little bit maybe misguided for me in the fact of like, oh, finally dark and gritty Star Wars. Um, and and we do. We do get dark and gritty Star Wars. It is it is there. So uh, uh, present throughout this movie. Uh, um, but I, I love the title then and, and love the movie and the title even more now. Absolutely. Dark and gritty is a is a part of Star Wars that's always there as well. And one that uh, that I can gravitate to from time to time and uh, and definitely big chunks of my life gravitated to it. And uh, Revenge of the Sith made me very happy because it sounded like foot on the gas. Bad things are going to happen. This is going to be dark and gritty. Uh, But I I love this title more and more every day. You know, Uh, when it was announced, you know, there was. You know, it, it was weird because there was such an up and down relationship with the prequels as we've talked about. But but even my friends who had been the most vehemently critical of Phantom Menace and then especially Attack of the Clones, I remember having conversations with people like they got me. They get, that uh, movie's yeah. they, they got me back. I was gonna. I'm so mad at them. I thought they were so bad. I wasn't gonna go to the third one, but Revenge of the Sith. Oh, and they're gonna win, and it's gonna be Vader and oh the lava fight. Oh, all right, all right. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Um, and there, maybe. yeah, I think it, there was almost this like, uh, you know, I didn't have huge internet um, presence, certainly not podcast, but it was it was like this moment during that prequel era for like ah, something everyone's happy with. Yeah, <laughs> the hell's that? Yeah. 
the revenge of the Sith. It just fits so perfect. Uh, you know, it's just the, the, the now the circle is complete moment of it for Lucas to go like, you know, yeah, no, revenge wasn't right for the Jedi. It is exactly correct for the Sith. So I, I made the right choice all those years ago to wait on that title. Yeah, it, it, absolutely, you're absolutely right. There was a renewed energy for Star Wars when that was announced. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, people get excited about it, I think, because it's dark and gritty. But, like, pull back. That That's pretty pulpy, too. Like, especially if you're not falling yeah. close to Star Wars. Like, what's a Sith? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Sith's going to get a revenge on who? What? Like, it, it is it is also owning what it is. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a good point. Not to belabor that too long. But just, again, when, when you get to... to um, uppity about that stuff if if you particularly if you grew up in the 70s and 80s and part of that early generation of star wars fans and you get too uppity on it it's like that's why i go back to the empire strikes back that's that's not as eloquent as you might have thought at seven you know yeah um and it's but it's great it's a great title but so just embrace it you know yeah yeah love it love it love it now we move on to another era we go to the sequels, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Ken, how do you interpret this title? Um, I interpret it as uh, Lucasfilm got sold to Disney, and they needed to show everyone that they're back. No, but also there's some meta na- nature to it. We're going to discuss that. Um, uh, but this made sense. It was um, to me, this was a bit of an answer that I've been asking of just like whether it be in headcanon throughout the years or just when the sale does happen of like, wow. So what happened between uh, battle of Endor and what we're going to see now? What, what, what went down is a new Republic stuff, new enemy, Yuzon Vong, what do we got? And what happened to the Jedi, the force and all those kind of things that were coming out of Endor. And to hear that the force awakens, you and I were talking about of the idea. I remember some of the early episodes It's just like, okay, so the force was asleep. Sounds like a joke. But it, it's it's you're getting some answers right in the title, and therefore it, it always kind of worked for me. Yeah, no, I think I was always really excited by it because I think it, it you know, it's got that uh, active, uh, you know, present tense verb of awakens. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not crossing the curse doom line, so it was safe for people. <laughs> yes, yes. But still had enough uh, of that flavor for me. You know, putting the force right in the title was you know interesting. Uh, but I think for me, like just interpreting it now that we've lived with the film for a long time, you know, I think. Ray at the time, it was absolutely about Ray's literally awakening. You know, there has been an awakening and her, uh, you know, the, the, the light will rise to meet the dark. Everything is kind of explicit in the film. Uh, her saying when she kind of flew the, the Falcon for the first time and, and escaped Jakku of like, I don't, I don't know what happened, but there was this awakening. Now I think in retrospect, it's also Finn's literal awakening in, in, in the village. Right. Um, but I also just think it it works so well for the actual events of the film is like the the older generation has taken a hit and Leia's holding on to the best of her ability. Um, but everything about the film, including like the plot of trying to find Luke, is all about the light side kind of awakening. Right. Han is reawakened. He's right back in it. As Maz says, the Falcon literally rises again. Right. R2 literally wakes up by the end. Like, uh, you know, Ray holding out that lightsaber going, so you're going to you're going to awaken <laughs> yeah. a lot of other people have. you going to do it, Luke. Yeah, it, it, it's funny. I, I think you're so right, too, of um, uh, and getting that answer that I'm talking about. Oh, OK, the force was asleep and it's got to got to wake up. I wonder what happened. It, it, I think I, I personally might have overlooked of, uh, of what what that meant for our heroes. And so. 
I, I, I can say I love, I loved finding out that Han and Leia had gone through some problems, were separated. Like that's a choice I love, but I, I do kind of remember being like, wow, okay. Things didn't go well, but it, it's also, it's kind of built into that title. I think you're very right to point that out. Yeah. I mean, the, the Force Awakens is a great title. Uh, this is not a better title, but it, it really could have been like uh, the dust gets shaken off, you know, <laughs> the tarp is removed. Yeah. Well, and it just, it has that spirit. It has that energy of we're back. Yeah. And I think I, I may have, again, you know, so if now you're entering the era where you and I were, we're on a lot of shows talking about this stuff. So, so some of my personal growth as a Star Wars fan is documented or, or unfortunately documented. Uh, you might as well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember going too hard after this title. I remember always being pretty positive about, it. but after the teaser trailer, I really had that like, oh yeah, this, this works for me. And after, you know, hearing Andy Circus, you know, uh, uh, talking about the uh, you know darkness rises and and, and light meets whatever the exact quote is uh, I'm always bad at this. Uh, it, ju- it just all clicked. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I, I'm on board for what we got going on. Yeah, yeah. The, there's an awakening, the dark side and the light. And, there you uh, go. There you Falcon go. soaring. Yeah. So l- let's get into the the meta. Like this is this is Disney. Uh, this is uh, one could interpret it as very meta, very much reassuring. Uh, that Star Wars you like, the way you like it is back. <laughs> yeah. You know, do you, do you feel the cosmic force of marketing at work to a point where it affects your opinion about the title? Um, do I think, nah, 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 no, no, I, I, I think I even enjoy the meta angle of it. Uh, cause I think, I think Force Awakens is itself just uh, as a movie has some, some meta stuff going on that you and I love that's present. Love mm-hmm. like welcome home and, and Chewy were home means a lot. You, you, I remember, you were you were a champion early on of even the promotional shot they were trying to kind of echo on that yeah. trailer shot it was very intentional. So I'm okay with the meta stuff and and how then I think it's and I think it sets the tone. The seven, eight, and nine, particularly I think seven and in, in, in part, large part of eight is is about we as fans have this this legacy hanging over us, not just the actors, performers, and writers of the movies themselves, and now the characters inside the story. What Star Wars was, what Star Wars is, is 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 absolutely uh, cast a shadow every 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 time out. And yeah. So I'm there for that kind of uh, having a little fun with that. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. I, I can acknowledge that the the marketing reality of finding the right title to relaunch this thing, uh, but I feel like it's so present in the actual story of the characters that the title works so well, and yeah. it, the parts of it that are meta are just deeply deeply powerful and in meaningful to me um there is always going to be the conversation of was it too nostalgic which i think is a fine conversation to have but i always like to approach that conversation from let's start from the point of it is literally about nostalgia mm-hmm. <laughs> for the characters inside the story luke skywalker is a myth but no he's real you've spoken so eloquently uh, about how much ray's journey with in in this movie from myth to reality you know mm-hmm. han solo like the war hero you like it is about this new generation you know discovering it, this older generation and kind of this the young generations coming into their own but in that that process awakening this older generation and you just can't deny that that is the truth of what the audience experienced in in 2015 mm-hmm. i mean certainly if you you grew up with the original trilogy but even if you were 15 when force awakens came out and you just watched those movies five years ago you've still lived with it for a while and mm-hmm. the film is aware of that it, it, it's not 
you know, it's not, you can dislike it, but it's sort of like, it is what it is of that Luke, Han, and Leia are now literally in the real world from a long time ago, you know? Mm-hmm. And and when Han is telling uh, Ray and Finn, it's true, all of it. That resonates to people who've lived with Star Wars of you are right to like this stuff. <laughs> right. You know, it just, it is there. So I, I think The Force Awakens for me works for the the characters and it works in, in the way that it does talk to the real world of like all of these ideas that this, that, that Star Wars and the Skywalker saga represent, those ideas are reemerging. Yeah, yeah. I think the film had to be. I think the title of the film and everything about it had to kind of say, we know what we're doing. We know what we're trying. And we we maybe even know what you as fans have been through. Uh, we, we we have to acknowledge a little bit of one, two, and three and, and, and some of the conversations around it. We know what we're doing. Uh, go along with us and take this adventure and this journey with us. Yeah, and we certainly did. Uh, we move on to Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Now, Ryan Johnson has been uh, pretty clear in, in interviews and great documentary moments that uh, for him it's not plural. It's, it's Luke. The Last Jedi is Luke. So uh, setting that aside, do you interpret it as anything other than Luke? Uh, I mean, Luke would himself, the character of Luke would probably be like, well, no, it's, it's certainly about Rey. Um, but I, I really... <laughs> That's the end of the film, but I really, no, I really think it is about um, the last Jedi and the last of, of that, of the Jedi we knew as fans. I think Rey is part of a new breed, uh, even though everything's, you know, she's taking the same core uh, beliefs forward and connecting to all the Jedi that came before her. I think it, you can't, uh, to me, I, I would argue that she definitely is, 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 is taking some fresh steps in that direction, whether or not we get to hear or see those stories down the line. Uh, but it's about, it's about Luke. It's about Luke and and, and, and and dealing with this and dealing with the state of the galaxy, dealing with the past. And it all comes kind of down to his shoulders in a way for me. There's a lot to it, of course. Um, and then how he's ready to move forward. And he himself, the last Jedi, has to move forward and, and have faith in the fact that he won't be the last Jedi. When Even though he, he probably wanted to be at the beginning of this film. Um, probably, I think he kind of says it. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he makes it fairly clear uh, when he says, and I will not be the last Jedi, that that is no longer, uh, what he needs and wants. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I really like the, the, um, the explicit, it is Luke. Um, I, I love that documentary moment where we get to see Ryan Johnson tell Mark Hamill the title. It's a beautiful, yeah. um, moment, you know, and it, it's almost like obviously they never would have done this, but you know, it could have been the last Jedi question mark. <laughs> right, right, right. Cause there is this wonderful tension of like, yeah, we know Luke is, you know, the last Jedi from Yoda saying it in saying a version of it in return of the Jedi. I've gone to my last of the Jedi where you will be. It's in the crawl of uh, force awakens. Right. Um, yep. So we know Luke is this, but then there's this great tension of, you know, is that really what he wants? And for me, it, I accept that the the creator says it's Luke, but for me, there's also like, and by the end, Luke does pass the baton. And by the end of the film, Ray is for now the last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's still, it's still, it still works. Again, for me, it's sorry for repeating this, but it's just, it's just like, it is about Luke process and all of this, all that came before and all that will come after and him having to have that moment of faith. And that's why it all works for me. And again, and I know it was uh, not a title necessarily new to the star Wars galaxy. I totally get that. Um, but it really, really is to me one of the more powerful titles of, of the movies. Yeah, yeah. So, is it a favorite then? Yeah, it, for me, it's a it's a favorite title, for one of my favorite movies. But I, again, it's just so simple, direct. 
it, it's beautiful. It's it's a little bittersweet. It's got some pain to it, uh, and and it's and it's it's strong, man. It's just strong. The Last Jedi. Yeah, it's it's incredibly evocative, and I think because it it is an implied tension of will Luke be the last Jedi, and I think that's why it's it's one of my favorites and has grown on me. I always liked it; it was always really intriguing. Um, it it, it created a pattern where like, okay, we're only we're we're not going to go to adventure serial with the the titles, mm-hmm. and and we're always going to have a a powerful Star Wars related keyword in the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had Force. We got Jedi. We, you know, we're yeah. we're there, there's not going to be any you know the second best hope or whatever. Like there's not going to be generic words. There's you know it's going to be distinctive. So I kind of thought about some of those things when it came out. We there was that great rampant discussion across the internet of Jedi is plural, you know, <laughs> can be singular or plural. I, uh, uh, so yeah, on the, on the Spanish title, they translated it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I love uh, how, how excited uh, we all get as fans um, yes. about that kind of stuff and then having having fun with it in retrospect. But I think for me, uh, you know, what it would ultimately very powerful is uh, the tension in the title. And there is there is resolution of that tension in that it is very strongly stated that Luke will not be the title of the film. That that film that title ultimately by the time you're done watching that film is we have wrestled with the mistakes of the Jedi. We have wrestled with uh, personal failure, but we have confirmed that Luke should not be the last Jedi. That mm-hmm. in specific, the Jedi should continue to stand up to darkness, uh, to defend others, and explicitly to inspire kids across the galaxy. You know. Um, to Mary Blagg is not, you know, a, a teaser for the next movie, as we all uh, found out. Uh, to Mary Blagg is the evidence that the Jedi are necessary and should continue because mm-hmm. the inspiration of somebody saying, I will stand up if in, in face darkness and defend people, that inspiration. You know, you, you see to Mary Blagg, who's not leading a great life, yeah. and the power of being inspired by change is possible. You have power. You can stand up and make a difference in your own life. You can stand up and make a difference in the galaxy. To me, like that is the power of the title, the last Jedi. It's not the negative that Mm -hmm. the Jedi should end. It's that Luke should not be the last Jedi. That's the power to me when I hear the title. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. still, still, still to this day, I think sometimes the conversation about that film, um, it's as if people stopped at the trailer and the title. Uh, uh, and I'm being a little snarky with that. I understand, but uh, the, the, that trailer of that that the Orlando teaser of Luke saying it's time for the Jedi to end, and we all gasped. And then the title comes up, and it's like that, this: the, the story starts there. And yeah, that's what the title was trying to tell you. Yeah, and it ends somewhere different. And speaking of endings, uh, unless you have any other thoughts on Last Jedi, we're on to our final film. Are you ready, Ken? Yeah, even if I have some more thoughts, I'm sure the thoughts will be out in the world some other place. <laughs> Look for Ken's thoughts somewhere. Uh, mysteriously on the internet. Uh, the final film is, of course, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. How do you interpret this one, Ken? What, do you, what does that title mean to you? Um... It it is uh it's it's I mean it, to me to me it is it is it is uh certainly about Ray certainly about the name certainly about the ending but it's also about I still look at a little bit of of um of the name itself even though I wouldn't say you know you're dealing with a ton of Anakin in in the film I know I know we all wanted him to have uh, ghost campfires with Ray but uh, I I 
I still, I still take it as it's the Skywalker saga, the Skywalker being a family, a house, if you will. And so I, I still take it, take it as that just as much as Ray, which is, it's, again, I would say it's pretty specific to Ray. And uh, even JJ kind of, I remember before kind of saying, yeah, no, it, you'll find out at the end of the movie. Yeah. You, you have no doubts what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, particularly, yeah, when there was lots of questions. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think there's like this kind of larger interpretation that I, I go with, which I'll, I'll get to in just a second. But I think on uh, what Abrams might have been talking about, I don't know because I'm not him. Uh, but I feel it does get pretty literal in that by the end of the film, Ray with uh, Luke and Leia looking on and smiling takes the mantle of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Great tradition in Star Wars of of found family mattering and, and choosing your path and your destiny, all that stuff. But she is by the end of the film, she is Ray Skywalker. And then there is a scene in the film where, you know, Jedi say rise. Yeah. <laughs> you put those together. That's literally the title. And it's, yeah. you know, about Ray. And to me, like the same way that you can look at some of the films and go, Oh yeah, I got this large interpretation, but yeah, Phantom Menace is Palpatine. Yeah, Return of the Jedi is, is Luke, and you can get some Anakin in there. Like, I feel the same way about this one of like most prominently, most explicitly, it's Ray with all with all this other big room for big ideas. Mm, yeah, yeah, well, uh, yeah. There's there's a lot of big ideas in this film. This <laughs> title uh, leaves room for, it. and yeah, and and, and to the actual. The title itself, I I think I love more and more. I think it looks great. I think it sounds great. It's still somewhat awkward to me and clunky at times, but uh, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you just mean like the way it flows off the tongue? The way it flows off the tongue, and and uh, yeah. But I tell you what, the the reveal it, it, when you're in a when you're in a panel and, and it's not even, at that point it's not even a panel. It's a rock concert in in Chicago. Uh, and, and Palpatine himself is there and roll it again and all this stuff. When you're there, it, it's certainly easy to get caught up in the moment. But I'll, that first reveal of the title, because remember, they were sitting on that thing. Oh, yes. For a long time. Um, that first reveal, and then it turned the rise. Ah, man, I did the thrill I experienced. It just, it just, uh, the return, the revenge return, rise, the R's you and I talked about going into the, the, the panel and everything on, on Force Center. It, it works for me on an emotional level, maybe more than it does on, uh, you know, uh, the way it looks on the side of a box. Oh, yeah. No, that that totally makes sense to me. And yes, that was one of the great uh, uh, fan experiences of my life of mm-hmm. uh, being in that room and that title being revealed and, and Ian McDermott's roll it again. Amazing stuff. Um, I, I think for me that the title... Uh, like I, I sort of laid out how how I think it can be applied very very practically and directly to Ray. So I do think Ray is is front and center, uh, is, is the main mainest main of the all the main characters. Uh, trying to be gentle because I understand people have a lot of different takes on this and want to be respectful. But for me, I think when I hear it, it it, it can be connected very directly to Ray. But for me, it is about all the Skywalkers. It, it's about what the Skywalkers ultimately stand for, right? Because the Skywalkers have, you know, they, they start with such great, great hope and possibility with Anakin and they fall and then Luke, you know, in Leia, or, you know, do such great things for the galaxy, but then they have some problems and then Ben does awful things to the galaxy and it's this, you know, great back and forth uh, pull and manipulation by Palpatine over three generations of what is the true like fate of the Skywalkers going to be? Are they going to be able to escape uh, uh, the, the doubt and the fear and the anger? And are they going to 
be able to sort of live up to the best of what they could be. And I think when you look at the rise of Skywalker of like what the Skywalkers stand for, that really feels like it's it's present for all of them. You know, Ray succeeds, but so does Ben. Uh, you know, I'm fine with people going like, you know, the rise of Skywalker is about Ray and Ben. He mm-hmm. he literally rises from a pit as well, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's also about the the triumphs of uh, of Leia and Luke and even Anakin is saying, you know, restore the balances I once did. I feel like there's so many ways to interpret this if you if you want to have strong opinions about who it's about. But it to me, it's just very obviously, in my opinion, about the Skywalkers finally escaping all the doubt and the fear and the anger and being the best of what they can be. Yeah, yeah, I could roll it out to a real general um, view of the Skywalker family because, again, that use of it's not the rise of Sky of the Skywalkers, it's the rise of Skywalker. But Skywalker, even Snoke says it uh, all through the films, the comics. Boba Fett says to Darth Vader, he had, he, I can only give you his last name, Skywalker. It's such just a, it's such a just such a name that carries so much weight in the galaxy. So to see it from that and to, and have it, uh, uh, and it's, it is, it's a positive title, right? It's, it, 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 you know, you're not falling. You're not, you're not slipping the slip, slipper and <laughs> slope of the Skywalkers. It's rise. And, and, and it works on that level for this family we've been following now for nine films. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you kind of mentioned this being so excited about it, getting, getting to talk about it a lot. Uh, I had been big on I thought Skywalker would be in the title just because they had had a a big significant Star Wars name in in all the titles they had really said we're looking at this as a Skywalker saga so I I thought Skywalker was going to be in the title Uh, I think Jennifer when we were talking about it uh, suggested rise of something so yeah we got close to predicting it other fans did just predict it exactly explicitly Uh, how did you feel about that that process of being being kind of close to it uh when it was revealed yeah. did that make you enjoy it more less have no effect in this particular case i think it made me enjoy it more i think overall even especially when it comes to star wars i often say like i don't want any of my predictions to be right because i want to be surprised <laughs> and also i don't feel i have that skill level to, to be creating this stuff so with this one though it's the end of the skywalker saga it, it, it's it's film nine and then you could throw in uh, rogue one and solo to as, as you and i have talked about on a podcast before um I, 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 it just being so close, it just, it was the end and, and I, and, and it needed to be the end and it needed to be this. And it was so positive and, and rise is a strong word. It's a strong, hopeful word. Um, when I say it's awkward, I just mean, yeah, it looks a little weird on the side of a box or a t-shirt and the use of Skywalker versus the Skywalkers, all those kind of things. Not that I think that would have worked better. I really don't think that would have worked better, but, um, I, I being that close, it just meant like, yeah. We're all doing this collectively. We're going home. We're going home. We're going to the end of this journey. And it should feel somewhat like like we kind of not know where it's going, but just have this whole kind of make sense. It's what we've been building to for 40 years. Yeah, man. The word home, I think, is just perfect because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I prattle about oh how close we were with the prediction. I don't mean any of that from the sense of like, I want to be, you know, right. making bets and, <laughs> you know, uh, 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 about guessing things right like i don't have a huge investment in that i agree with you it's great to be surprised uh mm-hmm. it's important to be open to being surprised i think the reason it was meaningful to me is because i, I kind of hoped it would be an r mm-hmm. <laughs> name to connect to it the skywalker thing made like this intuitive sense to me and i think it was because of exactly what you said home mm-hmm. that 
there should be a, a certain sense of inevitability to it, like the final note in a song, right? Like, yeah. even if you know nothing about music, even if, like me, you're you're tone deaf and you can hear music, but you can't sing it. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> you can feel as a human in your gut, that's the final note. That's where it had to come back to, to resolve, to be complete. Mm. And for me, uh, The Rise of Skywalker really gives that emotion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I still feel that. I still feel that at the end of the film, I feel all the way through and, and um, Harrison Ford and, and Chewbacca, you know, uh, Peter Mayhew and Jonas Swedemo pop up in Force Awakens and say, Chewie, we're home. And I think it took, uh, it took three pictures to actually get there. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Any closing thoughts on the uh, titles of the Skywalker saga? I love them all. I love them all. I, it's such a fun discussion. It's it, it takes you back, and and it's a lesson in uh, patience. It's a lesson in uh, taking a breath. It's uh, a lesson in having fun predicting what they mean, but not getting caught up to it, and, and maybe listen listening to what the title's actually telling you. Yeah, no, this has been really fun. I I, I heard some great thoughts from you that I haven't heard before. Uh, some great insights. Um, and it's really fun for me to, to walk through it because I realized that uh, the titles are something I'm more opinionated about <laughs> than I realize. Yeah. Uh, and they are, of course, my opinions. But I think they're fascinating because they they touch on so many things. They are marketing. Uh, most of them had to be, right? Yeah. They do affect how successful uh, the film is going to be. But they have this great emotional resonance of do they fit the chapter of the story that they're mm -hmm. telling? Uh, do they make sense one way and then years later get recontextualized uh, by something else? Uh, you know, how open to interpretation are they? There's so and, and then once they get going, how much are they speaking to one another? And, and in that endless conversation, is it too much uh, respect for the old or is it too much bold, new, all that stuff? So many interesting ideas to me tied up in the title. So I really love uh, discussing it. And my final thought is I, I can't wait to discuss some more titles. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see how they how they change and evolve over the years and uh, what new influences sort of creep in and affect the titles, you know? A hundred percent. Rogue Squadron. What does it mean? Is it a squadron of rogues? <laughs> We're going to find it. Yes. And, you know, I know it's going to be called Andor, but, you know. Uh, Curse of Cassian. That would have been a good title too. <laughs> I'm fine with some pulpy ones. What's, what's your line? Curse or Doom? That's the line, right? That's the line. Yeah, that's the line that I don't. I don't think people can handle a curse or a doom. I I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe all Star Wars titles from now will just be main character's name. That and that that'll be fine too. We can wrestle with that on another date. Uh, thank you for going down this uh, deep dive of the titles with me, Ken. Do you want to let people know where they can find us? Absolutely. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. You can find us on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, and Spotify, among other places. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Always excited to have new patrons on board. From there, you can access our Discord server, where this week we're discussing the character of the week, Captain Bruce Tarples. Yes. Uh, you can follow me at Catnapsock. Go to my website, catnapsock.com. I'll have updates on comedy shows that I'm doing, you know, while I still can or they're still scheduled. August 31st, one in North Hollywood at the Ha Ha Cafe. Uh, for Joseph, uh, where can they go, sir? Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Joseph Scrimshaw, and follow all of my other comedy adventures, uh, comedy albums, I'm sure future shows, all sorts of stuff like that 
on my website at josephsgrimshot.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for all of the titles, this has been Four Center. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.